Live. Hello. Hello. How's it going, dude? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Let's let's start this off with positive energy. You ready for this? Okay. Welcome to Tentacle Croissant. I am your co-host, Pierre XO, and this is my lovely brethren. I am Richard Grannon. I, I mean, hello, I'm Richard Grannon. What's going on? What's, dude? The, what's that? What's that voice tone called? It's called a glottal, vocal fry, vocal fry. A glottal? So um, <laughs> a glottal? What's a glottal, it's dude? A glottal epiglottis in this. Glottal, glottal strain, vocal fry. So I was trying to listen yes. to um, an Alistair Crowley video. There's not much on YouTube uh, the mm. other day, and there's these two Americans, a boy and a girl. And the girl was just leaning in so preposterously when to I, this thing. Yeah, she she just couldn't even. And I was like, "You sound about 18. And she was trying to sound like she'd been, you know, through three divorces, various oxytocin and heroin. But the you know, and she's like, yeah. "I'm really trying to sound world weary here." I was like, "You can stop that because it's I'm trying ridiculous. to think the placement of vocal fries in a very let's just say like a quantum field of, of two things at once because vocal fry is immediately associated with dumb Valley girl from California. Right. But then you have this evolution that isn't fully evolved yet into super liberal professor that knows a lot. Yeah. How? You know what I mean? Like how, how it's, it's both at the same time. <laughs> who, who did this? Who yeah, made like, it so that that made you sound like cosmopolitan so, and boldly? So like, it's the same voice as in, hey, do you want to go to yoga? Or if you look at the appropriation of green screens back in 1979, you know, Taking it's the, the same. postmodern perspective. Yeah, exactly. If you just it's check the, your privilege. It's the same thing. It's like it's so, so irritating. I couldn't listen. I couldn't. And it was really, it was, it was, it was like, um, I wanted to listen because it was too young hip american kids talking about this weird old english occultist and his life uh in cyprus and in greece and i'm like this is great this is a fantastic podcast nobody else has covered it as far as i know i couldn't bear it i could not no, stand dude, her, that, her interjection so it'd that, be like that, if i tried to do a leonard cohen impression it would just get you know, very very old very quickly it, it's something out of the many things that i resent about me one of it is the upspeak I'll, I'll sometimes, when I'm making a point, I'll do the little California up speak thing yes. at the end. And I hate it. And when I hear myself do it, like on playbacks and stuff, I just, it, it ruins the credibility of anything that you'll ever say that has any sort of <laughs> You substance. cannot make any sincere point by making no. a statement sound like when a question even, mark, it's impossible. Even if you have some substance behind the up speak, it is all discredited. It, you just sound like a fucking snake oil new age crystal salesman you know it's i don't terrible. even know what i don't even know what that is either like why pronounce a statement as a question i don't know what i just want to suggest to you that the truth yeah. is like death. you know you know what it is it's a it's the pseudo postmodern question everything and nothing is mm. exactly the way that it is that's horrifying that's that horrifying <laughs> yeah yeah man so um I just uh, yeah. drank a pint and a half of bull's hot sperm. 
Yeah, you you downed that, and I believe I've still got some of it in my beard, ladies and gents, to enjoy for later. <laughs> heavily, heavily prepared today. Um, I, I was at the tattoo place today, and I texted Richard, "Hey, uh, eight o'clock today? Is it okay?" And he goes, "Okay." Sets the thing for seven. I'm like, "Fuck!" Luckily, I got out early, though. I don't listen to anyone. I'm in my own little world, and I'm yes, yes, yes. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, and uh, you know, you guys join in. I don't mind. Dude, I was sorry about that. It very clearly says in our chat. Eight o'clock. Yeah, I, I, I set up the camera. Days. I set up. I was like, "Oh shit!" Five minutes left. I set up the camera and I saw the makeup just smeared all over my face because I le had to lean on my face to get this fucking part done. It's like a geometrical thing behind the. This is like the most painful spot ever. Yes, so I'm like, sure. as I'm sobbing into the leather heads headrest, you can see the makeup mm -hmm. run. So I turn on the camera. And I'm like. <gasps> I look strong out. I'm gonna go fix that. That's so. That's why we're a bit late. Did you get any video of your face smeared with makeup, tearful, crushed into the leather? Because somebody somewhere would love to watch you that. I know you. I was gonna send somebody you. somewhere has been looking for that footage Dude. since like forever. But it, it would have been a perfect TikTok. But I was just so out of it that if I if I like. Fucking TikTok myself in withering in pain as my arms getting stabbed. Yeah. It would have been that would have been just like fucking viral if I had the right caption, you know, and needed yes. some irony behind it. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to add here that is even vaguely gonna fly. So I'm just gonna shut the fuck up. This is me. Mm. So, yeah, All right. um, so what are we talking about here? What were we just talking about? Oh, vocal fry and how it ruins any credibility. Um, I guess that transitions into wokeism and we can bring in street fights somewhere in between. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, we, we love it. I actually raised there. Uh, I just shoehorned it into a talk I gave the other day on my main channel on uh, the inner critic and mental health issues. And I shoehorned in some martial arts, and people loved it. They really, really liked it. Dude, and they said, um, oh, it lends like a bit of depth, another dimension yo, to it. I, I have been telling you before, man, like this stuff is super interesting. And it's a shame that you don't talk about it as much because it's it's really fascinating, especially hearing from somebody that's not just like trying to sell us a one-inch punch that will defeat all of your enemies. You know, you, right. you've actually been on the ground. But... Uh, so much of it is associated with uh, real life. You know, one thing that you actually said on a stream, I don't know where I found it. It was recently, though. But it echoed a point that I was just saying to my friend right before I saw the stream, too. And, you know, she approaches things that are that are definitely a bit more new agey, woo-woo-ish. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, meditate it out and just believe that you're one with everything. And, blah, 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 blah. and I'm always trying to get a get my my point across that, hey, the pragmatic way isn't always like that sort of a thing. Yeah. And, and then it finally clicked. I was like, as I'm boxing in VR so much, this yeah. is a perfect metaphor. So you have Tai Chi as considered a martial art, it, right? Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Tai Chi can be considered is a martial art and can be considered for self-defense. Mm -hmm. And it's this kind of slowish movement type of thing. And there are real benefits to Tai Chi that will definitely heal a lot of parts of your life. And you can have a ton of positive, only positive benefits doing it and everything like that. 
except when a motherfucker runs up on you, you know, throws a left hook, and you don't even know what the hell to do with this. And what are you gonna you gonna tai chi your way out of there? And right. and boxing is the or let's just say boxing could be considered one of the pragmatic approaches to life that is necessary. Tai Chi is good for some things, but you can't apply that in uh, combat with life. And boxing is more practical in terms of that. Well, the, the thing with Tai Chi is um, you can actually overlap uh, boxing and Tai Chi. And, and I did uh, when I used to teach and people really enjoyed it. Um, so Tai Chi, as, as most people think of it, like, old people in tracksuits in the park in their, in their latter years, in their winter years, getting a bit of a stretch. There is that side of it, but that's just the drill. That's that's just the, So you can actually box a straight boxing drill and get benefit from it, boxing in slow motion. So we yeah. could do like a five sequence um, yeah. punch with then head movement. And, you, and I would be saying to you, just slow, 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 because it awakens a level of consciousness to the movement. That's right. the point of, tai, of the Tai Chi drill. It's okay. called the grand ultimate fist. It's supposed to take three lifetimes. You're supposed to have yeah. so intense you, you, you re-manifest just so you can continue your training. And it's to awaken a level of consciousness and it's to wake your body up. It's like the, Bud the Buddhist right. answer to martial arts. And actually the, the techniques themselves, um, I can show you some of the stuff. It's 100% it's combative. Just the drill is slow. The drill is, is yeah. really, really slow. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful style and it's I always used to say to people about Tai Chi like when I did door work and I would fight or well, not fight you're not supposed to fight but like restrain and move people which was fighting it was Tai Chi everything mm. was Tai Chi all the moves if I want to move you and not hurt you and not get in trouble with the police it's Tai Chi so that okay. they have like these and there's no other style that does it where you can hold tricep shoulder neck right, right. move people and fling them you can fling a motherfucker with tai chi oh yeah. you can fling a motherfucker with tai chi with no other style teaches that it's beautiful but yeah no it's uh sure it is, I guess, it is, it is a thing i guess what i'm trying to approach is that with, with any martial art tai chi is just an easier picture to paint with like yeah. people take fucking karate and do the fucking flamingo or the crane or some shit you know so yeah. there's a bunch of like approaches to martial arts that are just heavily impractical in yeah. a real life situation but there is still a benefit of practicing the martial art in that manner yes. and with life itself you know there are times where you might have this woo-woo theory of like I'm going to take his arm and hip toss him and then throw him into an arm bar and everything yes. will be okay. Or I'm going to slip and then boom, you know, but real life is messy. And I know, I know what you were talking about. You were talking about relying on techniques and ideology versus relying on yourself. That was yeah, the thing I was you, talking about. And you, yeah. You recently just spoke about that. And I, I recently came to the same conclusion to try to paint the picture yeah. of differences between theory and, pragmatism application application yeah, yeah there it is there's some fancy word for it in philosophy i think it's praxis p-r-a-x-i-s but somebody will say in the comments i'm sure if that's wrong so yeah there's um there is that that uh i know what you're like you're alluding to sort of like there's the idea there's the meditation mm. there's the woo there's the philosophy and then there's the get your ass out of bed in the morning and put your socks on and do something useful with your fucking day well, and, and I'm always, I've always been like that. I've been ruthless with myself. Like even as a teenager, if I was doing stuff, I'd be like, where's your philosophy now? Fuck face. Where's your philosophy yeah, now? Yeah, right, you don't. Right. So, so last night, you know, you're in a good mood, you're calm, 
and I, I would be walking around with a little book of like quotes from Buddhism and Zen meditation, and I'd be really pissed off at some other point. I'd be like, well, where is it now? Because if it's real, it should be, uh, it should be in your bones. There's a book yeah. called Zen Flesh, Zen Bones. It should be, it shouldn't be knocked out of you. If it can be knocked out of your hands, it's a thing you're holding. You can't yeah. knock your bones out of somebody like that's them. So if it's not really integrated, it's just a kind of a performative fetish virtue signaling thing. And I think that's, that's the split that we see in so many areas today. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think where I think, uh, recent, it's not even recent. It's like, whoa, time fucking flies for the last 10 years of my life. It's been, uh, the universe boxing me into the ring like forcibly boxing me where before that uh maybe even until i was like 21 ish it was all woo it was all theory you know it was all like this tai chi practice in my head yeah. and then uh as of the last eight years it's true boxing and then now yeah. i'm at this point where it's like fuck i maybe i gotta hang up the gloves because you know, you, you, I mean, how, how long can you box for before you, you, you well, yeah. there's, there's, one, there's one thing you said there that is a sign of psychological aging, which is tremendous fun, which is you think that things are recent that are actually from 10 years ago. You yeah. can only have that thought when you're oh, past man. the age of 29. Fuck, man. You can only, like, because when you're 18, you're not going, I remember when I had a philosophy when I was eight. No, you didn't. Yeah, but yeah, when, yeah. You're, when you're 29, 28, you did have a philosophy when you were 18. So you can Whoa. speak in terms of 10 years like that. The second sign of aging is you look across the ring at those salty old dudes and yeah. you'd be like, oh, I feel what they feel. I feel yeah. the, that. And you can, yeah. I, I see that in you. Like you're starting to feel that. No, no, dude, dude, I, I wanted to bring this up to you too. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is what those fucking salty ass dudes, old ass dudes, like fucking talking me down like yeah. back in the day when I got good yeah. at something, you know, it's like, oh shit. And when we, when we look at TikTok or whatever the hell, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it, it's there. <laughs> you feel it. You feel it. Yeah. These are, these are, and there's some of the, uh, these, are, these to me are like the, the, the positive sides of aging is that you can age with, um, with an awareness that that's <laughs> happening and look and go, okay, well, there's, there's all kind of like what was important to you when you're younger is not ceases to be important when you're older. And there's a back to martial arts. There's actually a, a teacher called Dr. Masaki Hatsumi who runs the Togakure Ninjutsu school. And he famously wrote in life, the things that you think you do not need over time, you come to realize you do need them. And there's me and a mate of mine called Reg from Hong Kong. He's like my, uh, my brother in, uh, in martial arts for years now. Like we go over a decade. We kick that quote back to each other at least twice a year. You know, one of these things where you're yeah. like, because say just, just in martial arts, not psychology, culture, anything else. When you're a kid, you look at stuff and you go, I don't need that. I don't need that. Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? And then, and then over time, you're like, shit. I do need that. I do need to bow when I enter the dojo. I actually need to bow and I need to say something in a foreign language. Because when we started out, we were super postmodern. We were like, that's goofy as fuck. What am I speaking Japanese or Thai for? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you speak like when like a modern Jew speaks ancient Hebrew or a modern Christian speaks ancient Latin, or that you're sort of saying to yourself, this is not my normal. Uh, it's yeah. special now. Yeah, there's, it does a few things. 
you're switching complete modes. You're humbling yourself because you're giving the power to something out completely out of your own sphere. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few other things beneath that for sure, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, you, you you sort of tell yourself and tell others that there's, there's, the, uh, there's the adherence to tradition and there's the adherence to, yeah, as you rightly say, just some big other, some something else. And it's semi-religious and it doesn't do anybody any harm. And then you call your teacher by a special name. You know he's called fucking Frank and he lives down in Birkenhead, but in the dojo, he's sensei. Oh, what the, what the fuck? But then as you age, you're like, oh, shit, no, the things you think you don't need, some of these things you need. And no, I, I would include in that, um, as, as we discussed it before, tattoos. Like, yeah. you don't need, in a, in a framework of, of a purely practical life, you don't need them. Mm -hmm. But from another framework, actually, you do. Actually, you do. Because... For multiple reasons, I mean, we could you could digress off into that ad nauseum. But some of the things that you don't think you need, you do you do actually need, and that's I think that's the nature of being human. Not everything we do can be reduced to raw practicality, right? And nor should it be. Some of the things we do are superstitious, religious, spiritual, and they remind us of who we are. You know, I'll walk around with a bracelet on that that Reg got me. Um, in Japan, he went to a special shrine. He's, he's Chinese, but he's super big on Japanese culture. And uh, he went to a special shrine of like a ronin, a masterless samurai who worshiped this unusual. And he went and prayed for me and got a special bracelet from that shrine. And I'm like, well, do I need to wear this? Do I need to carry it around with me wherever I go? No, but also, well, I didn't die yet. So maybe yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a place that doesn't really have much of it was my home country and it beat the fuck out of my Tai Chi, yeah. you know, like it, 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 American boxing, like straight up, just pushed that out of my inner everything. So it, it was, a, I convinced myself the only way to get anywhere in life and possibly to be respected or have some sort of uh, inherent value was to view it pragmatically pragmatically only mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and a completely omitted where i feel almost like sort of i still kind of feel resentful not as much but still resentful of the the yin and like the 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 woo woo approach to things because i felt like it, it did me wrong you know there's a new there's a new world pragmatism so you'll get the same vibe in america you'll you'll feel it in america in uh, australia and new zealand as well yeah yeah which is like life was pretty sparse spartan and tough for the people who started there and so you only carried what you could immediately use like if it didn't yeah. save your life this afternoon you're only carrying it because it's too fucking heavy and then yeah. um, which is great it's fine but it's a trauma based like if you equate it to the psychology when people grow in that environment and they're on they're on survival mode for long enough you can develop like a very cold psychopathic pragmatic worldview Right. And you lose culture. You lose um, well the the meaning <laughs> of everything. Right. I mean, it's a it's, it's a huge important part, you know. And I think um, I, I thought about this the other uh, actually today as I'm walking to my Uber. I thought about this very topic, but uh, I, I only use America for my own subjective experience, and it just makes it a bit more grounded. But like this. Every place has a cultural matrix, like a, a bubble of how they view 
reality. And America has this one that's so heavily pragmatic mm. that, and, and it has this weird bubble of customer service doing absolutely everything for you. So it's switching this strange feedback loop that only exists in that area that you wouldn't find anywhere else, mm. you know? And, and, and uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but you know, no, it's, well, it's it's interesting because it creates. Um, I think it's possible to underestimate the effect that that has because if that country that you're referring to was just a little country like Liechtenstein or or or, or Belgium or or New Zealand, it so what? But it's so big, yeah. and it's pumped out so much addictive memes into yeah. the world that it's taken over the world. So we all live in America, like Ramstein said. Right. So now we're all living in America, which means we all live in consumer, customer yeah. service, do everything for you. And the danger with this kind of ideology is what you can't see. It yeah. is automatically assumed that you're a consumer and that's all. Right. And, and you might think, well, that's nice. I want to be pleasured. Put warm ice cream that's melted into my mouth rub my genitals yeah. for me pleasantly do that you know you just think i want that yeah okay a part of you does but it's actually very reductive it's quite humiliating to be treated yeah. that way there's um and it's, it's very hard for us to verbally quite put your finger on exactly what it is it's yeah. just something about who you are is being taken away with a smile and right. with a blowjob and you know What's ice cream. dude? I, I'll, I'll quickly play a TikTok here, but to go off of what you're saying, everything being super consumerist, it's not even consumerism now. It's uh, what do you say, manufacturerist, like mercantilism, something like that. It's no longer consuming. It's now everyone is producing. Yes, but like hyper production because everyone's an influencer now and we're all forced to think that we all should be creating content and monetizing any type of work that we do in our spare time. So let me let me play this this thing real here. I, I posted it today. It's actually quite interesting. Sometimes I draw like this other time. Uh, turn down the brightness. Other times I draw like this. <laughs> Most of the time I don't draw at all. I can't even get myself to do this shit for fun anymore, nonetheless, but the amount of work and hours into it that would be necessary to turn it into any sort of ongoing, sustainable source of income. But if not this, then what, right? Because it's literally written into my persona. It's all that I've wanted since I was a kid, the career path that I've been set on since I was like seven. I'm about $300,000 worth of student loan debt into it. And here I am questioning if I even actually like doing it or if I'm just addicted to people like you telling me that you like that I do it. And the worst part is, is that I can't tell if this is just my depression sucking the absolute joy out of literally every aspect of my life, or if I truly just have a deeply rooted lifelong misunderstanding of who I even am. Oh, by the way, I designed really cool sweaters and merch stuff like this. Go check out the links in the bio. All sorts of fun stuff because, you know, <laughs> I'm an artist. That's TikTok, guys. It's not just teenagers dancing, man. <laughs> That's um that's probably a little too much truth for me to deal with inside of sixty seconds, to be honest. Dude, when I, I was like, dude, I just got hit in the fucking head. But that's, that's a lot. That's that's a hell of a lot. Wow. But I mean, it's, it's, it's point. not wrong. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Somebody in the comments said, Oh, I can't deal with people hating on America. We're not hating on America, man. Not hating on America at all. But you've got to be able to say, like, if you're coaching somebody on an individual level and you see that there's a problem that's hurting them, you need to be able to say that. 
and um, this kind of uh, mercantilism where everything becomes the marketplace and we're all merchants of things, including ourselves, but is uh, so really dangerous. We're not selling anything anymore. We're yeah. selling us, where we become the commodity. This is this is why I'm thinking it needs to be a step above just hyper consumerism. It's another thing because consumerism before was like every, the top five Walmart type companies yeah. just let us sit on frozen dinner with the TV. Yes. But now it's that even each viewer yeah. has become a manufacturer or a curator of something. And yes. that's the only way to make it now or whatever. And then you take your hobbies and, or yourself and then you, you commodify yourself without even knowing that you are. So you get to consumerism on steroids was one level, intense corporatism, monopolies, and then consumerism on acid, it spills back onto you. Yes. And you're the consumer consumed, consumer consumed, and the snake is eating its own tail, echoing right. across the ceiling as you sweat on the floor in gibber. <laughs> because if you think about it, like, who is doing the consuming really and who is really doing the creating that that precise question on a really bad trip when i was 18 at aston <laughs> university after i drank a bottle of red wine and smoked skunk and i hate weed and then i decided in my drunken bravado state to take acid that question obsessed me for eight hours <laughs> who is consuming who is watching who is consuming who is watching and i was like crawling up the bathroom wall going i don't know i don't know and god who was also satan in that moment was the same was torturing me he wouldn't leave me alone he was like but who 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 is watching you and it was this there was the circuit in my head that got burned that night of um of doing things because people are watching you because in at six o'clock in the morning hungover coming down i was like nobody nobody the fantasy of our, of the, the people is that the fantasy of being viewed is always got um i can't i have to cite Zizek, i'm sorry it always had a, has an added element to it so this is a tricky point Zizek said when two people have sex there's never just naively two people having sex there's always a third element a fantasy an observer or something else in order for the sex to be uh, successful, to be successfully completed, presumably with both orgasming. So in the same way, there's never just you and the audience, there's always a third element. And that's where the real problem is. That's that's where the problem, our fantasy of the third element is is the real tricky thing. Because when I when I came off that, that, uh, that bad trip, I was like, oh, okay. The, nobody's nobody's consciousness is superior to mine so i was like so if you became like a really famous person with millions of people watching you who's watching you and i was like just a bunch of fucking idiots in their socks just like you and it was heart crushing it was it was heartbreaking but freeing at the same time if that gibberish made sense hmm well, why was it heartbreaking exactly because they're just people because 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 for me it was the death I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. Yeah. I wanted that was my thing. I wanted to write, direct, and act. And um, it's the there's no to quote my friend uh, Jack Donovan. There's no there there. There's, so there's no utopia. The third element, I suppose, would be the fantasy or the utopia. There's no utopia. So have thirty million look at you. Have three hundred million. Have three billion. It doesn't. Nothing changes. You're still locked in this reality. You don't. 
uh, transcend this reality. What I'm uh, also alluding to here is uh, the will to transcend. I believe that the highest will that people have is to transcend this reality, and we basically we we can't. But once yeah, we've yeah. once we've realized the limitations of that, that's where you know. I like, think it gets I kind of get where where you're coming from here because you know i definitely was along the same lines want to be actor entertainer whatever the fuck insert la every instagram bio plus pronouns here you know yeah so uh the idea of searching for extreme fame was one of my goals too and it and, it, and you're right it's not that you purposely just want a lot of people to see you mm. it's this grandiose ambiguous glob that has fame and neon lights it's mm. not it's not a one particular thing it's not even the lifestyle there's like this weird fantastical fantasy uh unexplainable thing that you're trying to attain that doesn't even exist because technically right. fame is just people know know you but you're still yeah. in your own world you know yeah, which is which is why most celebrities complain like hell about it and say there's nothing good here. It's why pictures of Ben Affleck keep coming out where he looks really depressed <laughs> and alcoholic. And you think, well, fuck you, Ben Affleck. You're rich and famous. And it's like, if, if could you imagine having CPTSD or having depression and anxiety? And then on top of that, just everybody's looking at you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh, yeah. nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that ultimately is the unbenefit right yeah, yeah. i mean i think that's why tupac kind of leaned towards fuck the fame i want the money i'm a simple man you know that, well that that makes sense i i realized i was a little ambiguous there somebody said um christina says because those idiots we are just like you yes i didn't make that very clear when i realized that the i'm the observer we're the observer and there isn't I suppose if we wanted to the Freudian analysis, there's the infantile hope that there's a mummy or daddy, which would mean God or goddess would see us, but there's no God or goddess here. There's just us. That's that the, that, that, say that again, because that's exactly what linked it together. It makes sense now, now that you say that. Okay, so the infantile, the, the Freudian analysis would be that the hope, the, the infantile hope, utopian hope is that I would be seen by my parents but as an adult i want to be seen by a god or goddess but there's no god or goddess there there's right. just other people like me so there's yeah. no heaven there's, there's something intrinsically religious to this that we don't we don't escape this world and go to heaven we just kind of rock around here like because, a bunch of worms rolling yeah. over each other like who are you really trying to prove you know like are you really yeah. trying to prove yourself to the audience no nah. are you trying to prove it to yourself sort of yeah. you're trying to prove it to something else right in between the two yes. and you and you can't put words into what that exactly is because it's like uh, I look back on other situations and I'm like, do I am I really trying to impress or prove some strangers on the internet here? Maybe a little bit. Am I really trying to prove it to myself? I mean, a part of it. Yeah. But but ultimately, it's a it feels like a metaphysical sacrifice. Yeah. Like you know, on a pyramid to what. And why is that an unconscious act action, you know? We're, we're, try we're trying to get attention from the gods. And I, I'm very yeah. jealous. Like, when I was a young actor, I knew perfectly what, like, our, our version of what acting is comes from the Greeks. And I was jealous that they literally believed that the gods were watching them. Could mm -hmm. you imagine the euphoria you would feel if a crowd applauded you and you thought that, that the gods also were applauding you? That if you pleased the people, that meant yeah. the gods were also pleased? The narcissistic elation, of that. It's like, yes. but we don't get that in a postmodern world. We're not allowed that. 
it's the same with warrior cultures they typically would have gods that they would perform their acts for and if you can fake your way into this mindset you'll find power like you get much stronger and much braver if you think you're doing it for thor or you think saturn is gonna is gonna see it and and it's it, it's it's like a, i'm not saying any of these things literally happen it's a software click like i mentioned before quite unconsciously my friend went to a, a japanese warrior god and and prayed to him that means something to me now put a gun to my head and say say you literally believe that that's true and i'd be like i i can't i wish i could that that's like i just can't but i really want to that part of me doesn't is not is not potent it's like an impotent winky it won't erect <laughs> I wish it would. I wish it, I really wish it would because I know life would be easier. But this is the horror of the postmodern landscape, which is what Nietzsche warned us of when he said God is dead. It's so, horrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let me let me ask you this because I'm just going to try to shove this topic in there because this is something that I've been reflecting on a lot yeah. recently. Yeah. And uh, because of this pragma pragmatism and and having these discussions versus woo wooism or what I mean, what do you even call that? The new age shit or whatever. Uh, integrated with some vague Eastern values of just Zen and just everything should be. You can call it the psyop that it is, but it's, yeah, sorry, go on. Yes, yeah, that too. <laughs> and I am trying to reconciliate, fancy word there, the idea of human action without goal, without goals, or intention, and whatever else, because for example, if you if you if you act or you do art and music, you're trying. Your goal is unconsciously appeasing father, daddy, mother, God somewhere mm -hmm. off in the distance, right? Is it truly possible to have human action to just exist, you know, like with without any agenda? Because the idea of just you should just just take it in. Sure, that can happen at a micro level of yeah. like. You know, just enjoying things, but I mean, even enjoying something is also a goal. Your your goal is to enjoy the yeah. situation there. Yeah. So, are you asking like, can anything ever be done without the ideological framework? Sure. Like, because when I hear the approach with the the woo woo side of constantly mm -hmm. just be and just accept that you're all one and then mm -hmm. float away, it's there's still a goal. There's still there's still something underneath that you're trying to attain, you know? Yes, I'm not, um, I, I suspect a certain portion of that population of people have achieved that momentarily. The problem is that the majority of people who espouse that philosophy haven't. And they're hoping that if they tell enough people who are non-believers like yourself, that magically, it will happen for them without them doing the work. So it's the ultimate goal. Right. It's the ultimate agenda. Un yes. Underneath that whole yeah. thing, it's the unconscious yeah. ocean in action, yeah. moving them towards the the goal that they need to convince everyone plus themselves that something will just happen. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, uh, evangelizing people in, in all really like if I evangelize enough people I spread the word of God God will surely see me and he'll have a special hotel room for me and my family in heaven when we're all dead it, it's funny how that is inherent in the religious ideological structure the fact that you have to share it and for and unconsciously passive-aggressively 
convince people that that, that's the answer. You know, how often it's very, it's not very hard, but let's just say it's not uncommon to see religious people consistently pushing beliefs or people that behave religiously. Well, this is where I, I, I go off the, the Richter scale for weirdness for most people is I personally see this as an indication that we are a slave species and that we are, hmm. we're, we're entrained to be slaves and we're constantly looking for gods. And I'm like, why, what in our evolution? What about evolving uninterrupted on the savannas of Africa with no interference would make us obsessed with uh, the approval of bigger beings there's nothing like if you're in the garden of eden the africa where you just you just you just kill what's there and eat the plants and you fuck each other and you're happy why all this like rape and genocide and horror and torture in the name of god and goddess you wouldn't need it so i i see this as an indication that we're aliens that's fascinating i never thought about that it's uh well why are so Every why is every single human action aimed to appease an authority figure? Or we're, gene- we're genetically programmed as, as yeah. people pleasers, and the people amongst us who are narcissists and psychopaths, they they have a little squiggle in in the in the code that gets awakened through trauma, where they become slave masters, and yeah. they develop the slave master mentality. But they're not really slave masters. They would be they would be like well they're enslaved by their own drive to constantly fuck shit up yes of course of course so it's um this is why it's considered if you listen to sam backman that the the key cornerstone of narcissism is the fantasy it's a fact it's a fantasy i'm living oh well they don't we don't say fantasy i think in psychology you're supposed to say the false self the false Mm. self but but it basically means you're a fucking fantasist you fantasize your you're, mas- you're a master, not a slave. And that's, um, I, I, I know it puts people off. You mentioned aliens and people just fucking hate it, but I don't have, I've been thinking about this for years and I don't have another. Dude. If, you look at the, if you look at the pattern of behavior and the course of our development, we act like enslaved creatures who were just left on a plantation and the slave masters went away. We saw every nation, every culture, every ethnicity, has terrible, terrible abandonment anxiety. A fixation on appeasing through sadism and masochism, uh, gods and goddesses. And, uh, and and look at how we treat each other. We love enslaving each other. It's a, it's fucking, it's, um, what are the, it's called a repetition compulsion. It's a traumatic repetition compulsion. Yeah. By the way, dude, Everyone loves aliens on Tentacle Croissant, by the way. So I'm sure our followers, yeah, around. people here will be like, I thought you guys were aliens. Like, that's the yeah. brand. You're not talking about, no, I'm not, talk, we're not talking you about you guys, that. but in the, in, the broader, in the broader community, if you really want to, like, if you want to discredit yourself, say aliens or say the Pentagon just developed a microchip that can tell when the Rona is in your blood and switch it off. Mm, interesting, fun. Which it, ju- which it just did. I don't know if you heard that. No, I didn't. I was, yeah. I was too busy reading about a, a certain one uh, creating fucking blood clots, uh, and they were having. Oh, a that's uh, my one from my from my country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the university uh, I wanted to go to, Oxford, <laughs> and uh, I think America has stopped using it now. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's as if like these things aren't fully safe. <laughs> it's as if there's nothing to worry about. Get onto the vehicle. I have to pee really bad. I'm sorry. I should have went before. Okay. Anybody want to ask me any questions? As long as it's about aliens, 
and um, the traumatic enslavement of our DNA, I'll answer it. Um, it's the ancient, uh, ancient astronaut theory, the Anunnaki. Look at our stories, look at the Book of Enoch. The sons of men, the watchers, they came down to earth and mated uh, with um, human females and taught humanity all kinds of trickery and magic and evil. Um, okay, Isabel asks, Richard, it would be interesting to get your take on learning how to box and fight and calming the nervous system anxiety. Have you noticed that in your students? I have in myself. Um, I think there's a lot of things that happen that are positive when you take up like uh, martial arts. Uh, you're, it's quite rigorous, boxing, kickboxing is a very, very rigorous activity. So you're a lot of endorphins, your hormonal panel will change within a couple of weeks. Um, there's an awful lot of agency, an awful lot of resilience, courage that you need, and it takes you out of your head. So I'm not gonna be the guy that says, hey, boxing cures depression, but boxing cures depression. No, I, I, I don't mean it's that simple, but yes, I, I, I will speak about that more on my, on my channel. Yes. Um, yeah, so daddy issues and humanity. Yeah, it's very strange that, uh, I mean, if you look at animals and just how things are on earth, things just kind of work with, with and sometimes against, but it's never consistently trying to appease a bigger thing. I mean, in the animal kingdom at a smaller level, but it's like, okay, we're on top of the food chain. Now what? Oh, we have to like fucking flatulate. <laughs> we have yeah. to flatulate ourselves. Yeah. Flatulate, flatulate. Flatulate and flatulate. Yes. Whip, whip. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And uh, speaking of which, I was I was another topic too. So I'm doing a lot of reflecting in general is like the idea of uh, opposition, friction and conflict. And this could easily tie into like street fighting and stuff in this manner. But I'm thinking like as I'm trying to work out the idea of new age Zen of things just be and let things go and things are the way that they are. I'm like, well, I feel like a lot of things have to have a goal in mind as as well as some sort of hidden confrontation or conflict or friction somewhere. I mean, why is everybody so fucking worked up now out of all times and people that are trying to spew this new utopian ideology, they have the most friction in their everything. And I'm thinking like, is there a, a moment or is it even possible for humans to be without friction is it's just part of her dna or what it, it's again it's one of those things where you just observe um that which is there and that which is there it, you know so so somebody just asked in the comments where have the alien gods gone well that would make me so here's here's the thing between that we haven't ever distinguished and we must distinguish there are conspiracy theorists and then there are official story deniers. So you can say this story makes no sense and I don't believe the official narrative. There's something else here. The conspiracy theorist jumps to, oh, it, therefore it's this. And then they have to theorize what is there. And I usually say, I don't, I don't know because, I mean, name a conspiracy theory. None of the evidence is, is massively compelling in any direction. But I can say with certainty, with many, many conspiracies, like the, the official narrative is dross. It's total junk. So 
I look at, if you're in a court of law, they have something uh, that they look at called a guilty demeanor. So if you look at the behavior of a group of people or a species in context, you say, what's the pattern here? What does this look like? Does this look like somebody who's being extorted? Does this, is this guy running his business as though the mafia is leaning on him? Even though he says he's not, maybe he was because look at the way the money is moving, look at his operations, whatever it is, right? In the same way, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Why are we so, why are we so prone to conflict? And what, how do we use that? The, the thing with meditation in particular, it's such a hard sell for our modern minds because it's anti-everything. It's anti-everything. It's anti-ideology. You know, what do I get from it? Nothing. What's the purpose? Nothing. Why should I do it? You don't have to do it. It's really, it's the weirdest thing in the modern world. The true rebellion is to sit, do nothing and feel okay. Not even enjoy it. Don't even enjoy it. The true right. rebellion would be, so people say, are you happy right now? You go, no, I'm not even happy. I'm just sitting here. That's rebellion. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think that's my friction or conflict with this idea is that being in the postmodern world, I mean, how do you function without these principles of, I mean, God knows what the damn rules are, but I mean, how do you, in a postmodern hyper-capitalistic consumerist productionist society to sit and do nothing with yeah. TikTok right there, you know, and, and all of these other, the internet, I mean, yes. damn, well, what, what would have like the Zen Buddhists when it was first created do if they realized an iPhone popped up right next to them? You know what yes. I mean? Yeah, no, I think uh, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. I'd love to know what, what people of days gone by would have, would have made of it. Um, for sure, they would have seen it as magic. I don't think that they would have found it. Depends on what time we're talking about. But I have a strong suspicion that many people in days gone by wouldn't have found it as compelling as we do. I think that where we find it compelling because we've lost so much. We've lost so much. And we've, we've, even, mm, we've yeah. even lost each other. So yeah. we were miserable to begin with. I mean, really, really, dude. I mean... I was thinking about this when I was walking through town yesterday and I was thinking about TikTok um, and all the social media platforms. Honestly, it's fucking boring. It's fucking stupid and fucking boring, but we tell ourselves it isn't to drown out the silence in our lives because it's so horrifying. And so where we imbue value, it's like, a, it's like being in a bad relationship. If you're desperate for that relationship, you imbue it with a value it doesn't even have. I don't think boring is the right word. It's unfulfilling. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't, yeah. Because I, yeah. it's, it's, it's really entertaining, but it's not like, it's like fast food popcorn entertaining. So you, know? you have to be, your, 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 your central nervous system, your digestive system has to be readapted to experience fast food as yes, good. Right. And right. I think that's where we're at. We, we, we're adapted to thinking that this stuff is is good. It's certainly better than Instagram. It's damn sure it's, uh, better than Facebook. But, you know, there's, but there's still something very, very redundant about all of it. I know exactly the point you're trying to make. I was just being nitpicky. But the, the exact point that you're making, I believe, is that there's so much 
that we've lost inherently that we have usually found value in whether that i mean obviously human warm empathetic compassionate connection with one another Mm -hmm. religion whatever that fulfilled that deep void but we obviously are outsourcing all these things to little you know sugar candy coated popcorns on tiktok because we've Mm -hmm. lost so much for that to become the new form of our uh mental diet yeah yeah i think um i think living in a love deficit environment uh accounts for a hell of a lot of this you know we're just as creatures as entities um i mean my whole thing like if i ran a cult the whole thing would be like drop everything embrace existentialism embrace nihilism and and then and then lose pretty much everything what do you have left we have the time we have on this planet we have each other and we have this world and that's it can you accept that and is it enough and then for me i was always um, i've just been like yeah that's enough that's it that's it's easily enough i can't do it on my own though like i need other people to be on board with me otherwise i'm like oh yeah i have other people except i fucking don't (laughs) just doing it on my own but if the whole of culture went in that direction we would have a lot less problems well, you just started a cult there. I mean, right there. There it <laughs> people is. People join immediately. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I rewatched last night Goodwill Hunting, and it definitely hits a lot different when you're fucking 28 now. Right. <laughs> I watched the fir- for the first time before I couldn't even understand a damn word. Did, in did that. you cry? Uh, internally, yeah. The, you know, like I didn't, I didn't fully ball, but it definitely hit a different spot. And I think that that movie de- definitely illustrates the what we're talking about in terms of what that void is and what the distractions could be, you know, and uh, the understanding of deep intrinsic experience, as opposed to reading about a painting or technique too, that that movie really does illustrate uh, these, these principles at a a heavy Boston accent. (laughs) The dog fought it in November. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I really really like that film. I like it a lot. But it's uh, it's um, as you say, like over time, it'll it'll hit it'll hit differently. But that's one of the films that I found, in a sense, left me with a sense of optimism, because it is about breaking out of ideological structures as well. We find a person who's trapped in a certain ideology. He has the capacity to rise up in the world in the tarot card sense of the world the external you can be famous you can be was he going to be a big name in the national security agency in the end well don't well i, I don't know i don't know of anyone oh, yeah. okay. not everybody's seen this <laughs> why have you not all seen this go watch because this movie we're... right now um he was going to be somebody something in somewhere and um yeah i mean he he has a choice. He has a choice to make either this choosing either the sacred or the profane and choosing the world or truth and his, yeah. his own character. I have a and feeling it's, that it's movie, good. I have a feeling that movie is going to make a resurgence somewhere, but, uh, or sometime soon, I think, but I think, uh, I think you're right. It, it really showcases the breaking of a, a very confining reactionary way of living mm-hmm. and then introduces the value of, true human connection and how valuable those things are for everybody and i mean everybody gets like not healed and it's not even corny it's uh it's very real the way that it it, uh 
the outcome. It, it, it's it a does good movie. Be I mean, you, if you think that like um, those two little bastards, not that I'm jealous, uh, I think they were 18 or 19 when they wrote that. Yeah, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, right? The, they're them. in the Fuck they're in the movie. Such a fucking classic. They acted it. <laughs> they're the main and then, won a, and then won a fucking Oscar for it. Fuck those guys. Yeah. I hate yeah. them. It's amazing, man. Shit. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's 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 not corny. Like it's 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 um, it deals with some some pretty heavy topics, and it, it it's a it's a success. It's a success of a of a movie. Can I make two movie recommendations? Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you actually. Netflix white tiger um it's an indian made movie it is tolstoy nietzsche it is shakespeare it is funny it is horrifying and fascinating watch white tiger kids it's a good movie um the other one that weirdly made me cry was um my name is dolomite with eddie murphy Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a nice uh, it's a nice story. If people know that the real story wasn't nice, please don't ruin my fancy in the in the comments. Of a, it's kind of a comeback story of a guy who is a, becomes a famous stand up comedian, uh, very much in the style of Patrice O'Neill, um, and then makes a movie and has no idea how to make a movie. So he just pulls a bunch of people together. Um, but it's got some nice cameos for the old heads. Obviously, it's Eddie Murphy. He's not done anything for a while. Wesley Snipes is in there. Chris Rock pops up in there. Bunch of bunch of uh, good little cameos. Um, but it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a, it's a good film about entrepreneurialism. It's a good film about um, people just coming together for a project, not really knowing what they're doing, but just naively surging ahead. And it's a good education on niche subjects. But I think it's also it's nice to just. Uh, see people um pulling together to do a thing just to entertain purely with good intent the intent is to is to try and entertain people now if there's a dark subtext to this story don't fucking tell me just let me enjoy it as it was god damn you hmm interesting yeah uh movies are dead now um <laughs> all that's finished all that's finished all that's gone and uh you know you're right there i think what i'm pointing at why I brought up Goodwill Hunting is because that movie illustrates the thing that I think we're missing. I mean, we haven't seen a movie like that, but not even specifically the movie, just the subtext of the film being the, these, I mean, it's not a fancily shot film. I mean, the whole thing could be shot now on an iPhone and it would look better, you know, like. It's, but, it's, it's actually, it's actually a film from another age, which will yeah. age everybody here. Like, doesn't matter how old you are. Like if you realize that goodwill hunting is from a different time in human existence, um, one that, I mean, the way we live now, they could, they couldn't have seen that. And it's not that long ago. It can't be more than much more than 20 years ago. It can't be much more is it that late, late nineties film. Um, and it's, it's a naive film and it's a very human film and you, you almost, I mean, just think of it. Two kids come together with a story and a fucking script and some acting clout and then act the shit out of a film. No, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> That's gone. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, all the content that you see now, I mean, on, on TikTok, I mean, I do agree. It's not... It, it, I, 
I think because boring is the wrong word. It's just not great. It's just not nutritious. It's it's bad for your brain synapses, How you know. Cool. But that's the new approach to things. I mean, let's yeah. let's get existential dread in in nine in sixty seconds of this dude who makes sweatshirts. Like that's the content that we have now, like directly. Exactly. But it's not even hinted at. It's just yeah. It's not. Um... How should I put it? The content that is there is good and it has value. For sure it has value. I think what we all need to realize is that sitting on your own with a device in your hand pushing the screen is boring. Like there's just something dead about that. There's just something so lifeless. There's such a, it's such a simulation of contact. And it, it tricks you. It, tick, it tricks your brain. You're like, oh, I'm having conversations with all these funny and amusing and sexy and interesting and insightful people. You're not. You're not. Yeah. You're not speaking to any of them. <laughs> On the contrary, I mean, is it really any less boring than watching a sunset? Because I love doing that too. You know, yeah. it's just it's it's still a low stimulation activity. It just the sunset's just more intrinsically meaningful. There's more. Um, I guess yeah. it depends on what your values are, but there's just more. It does, it does depend on what your values are. It depends on what on what um, on what bores you, I suppose, on what on what you find. There's uh, th maybe I should say it like this: I don't think it's sustainable. Like watching sunsets, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do until the day you die. This, please God, let this be a phase and let it die. Let it die within the next five or ten years. I'm so sick of walking around. I'm walking around Ibiza, which is beautiful. And uh, everybody's got a fucking phone in their hands to do everything, to talk, mm. to look at the maps, to listen to music, everything, everything, everything. And I was like, you know, it's it's actually quite a nice day. There's like birds tweeting. <laughs> it's it's mm. pretty nice. Put your head up, look around. It's, it's all right, you know. You'll be dead one day. And maybe I should get T-shirts to say that on it. You'll be dead one day. Stop acting like you're immortal. One day you'll be dead and this will be over. <laughs> so take a look around. Yeah, I mean, but you know that this is the thing. This is the, the nature of the ever-evolving postmodern world. It's it's in the soil, so it's almost just too. It's too far in to completely remove. It, it's it comes with every step you take on the pavement, you know. And I think that's the biggest challenge that the modern world has is, you know, the the balance of having the iPhone microchip stuck to her feet. <laughs> oh, that 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 thing that I said to you before about uh, the the Pentagon has developed this fucking microchip. That's actually a real thing, and people are already like they're they're keen for it. Of the course, microchip they are. detects if you have COVID nineteen, and it will drain it from your system if it finds it. Dude, I saw on the fucking wait. It drains it. It detects it and drains the virus. That's what I read. It must be true. Anyways, so on the, on the <laughs> there's no way you do with viruses, aren't they? Like a milkshake that gets into your system, and you can just drain them like a lymph gland. <laughs> I imagine it to be like a plunger and just that fucking. Giant... It releases some micro leeches that leech your body. It's like next yeah. next level uh, medieval medicine. <laughs> uh, thanks, Elon Bezos. Um, so I saw a post on it was like under New York Times, and it was mentioned the report of Johnson and Johnson creating blood clots, and then the comments were like, "Well, 
this is a very rare case. I'm still taking any vaccine that I'll get. Yes, me too. I will take anyone as soon as I possibly can. They're the, like, what the fuck? I mean, they were deleting comments for sure. Like, but like, you just them like whack a mole. <laughs> you just saw a post that says this gives you blood clots, and the government had to remove it. And your first response is. I want to take any of the one that I can get immediately. You remember when I was the guy that said, let's not protest. Let's just go with the flow and just quietly question this stuff. Where's that guy now? I don't know where that guy's gone. He's gone now though. I wish I could speak to him and yeah. tell him how bad the situation you're actually in yeah. is. Cause Dude. it's bad. <laughs> Dude, like I, I'm such in a fog because I'm trying to reevaluate my own nature in terms of my possibly confrontational being. And that's why I'm balancing out the Zen ideal and then the situation that we're all in. Mm. And I'm like, I I don't know if I can just not be conflict ridden, especially in this time. You know, I, I think uh, there's a natural fighting nature. Do I indulge in it? Do I step back in it? Do I step back in the ring and have my liver fucking freak out on me again? Like, you know what I mean? But the circumstances of everything amplifies it heavily. Well, the, we do have in um, in Buddhism the um, allowance for violence. Um, if your action stops a greater violence from taking place, then absolutely, uh, not only should you, uh, not only can you, but you should uh, do that. You should hmm. stop people from behaving in a way that is evil and, and, and criminal. Um, so, so it's how you do it. It's how it's the it's the intent. Because from Buddhism, it should be right thought, right word, right deed, right meditation, right intent. So, if you're doing it performatively, if you're doing it narcissistically or egotistically, the karma would be bad. If you're doing it with clean intent, then this I'm talking pure Buddhism here, which you know for what it's worth, then the karma should be good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just so fucking weird now that even if I'm trying to take a social media break and not indulging in this type of content, you just you feel it still. You know, you, the, I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think anybody would would expect you right now to, to keep. Um, I don't think you're under any moral obligation to to do anything about this through YouTube. I actually think that it's um, it's a catch twenty two. It would be like trying to sweep the floor with a fucking razor blade or something. It's just like yeah. wrong tool, wrong job, wrong place. And you know, I won't name names here, but there are people getting deleted, deplatformed, and suspended left, right, and center. People are contacting me since I released that video saying about my getting banned from Instagram. Tons of emails from people reporting the same really? thing. Yeah, it was the it was the joking about vaccines that that got me. Joke, joke oh, like great. funny, funny memes about vaccines. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's considered. It's considered for what you just said two minutes ago. You would now be considered anti-vax. I was gonna say, I did not say that. I'm just lip-syncing a TikTok audio right now that said that it's not me. So <laughs> please, <laughs> there's some things that if we want to say on here, we have to be like, oh, I'm working on a story, and the story features a guy that looks just like me. And he said to another character in the story, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's more of the same woke uh, mentality that's infected everything. It's epistemological dichotomania. If you're not 100% for it, you're 100% against it. 
it's insane. We live in late 1930s well, Germany right now. I mean, speaking of optimism in late 1921 Germany, um, my latest post, I vented my frustrations with the whole cultural shift. Mm. Let's go for that. Uh, and those two Instagrams, uh, I think that you've reposted too, like Mole Francis, Francis, or it's a girl who posts these really colorful texts. Um, but it's basically like anti cancel culture type. Oh, yes. Uh, Molly. Yeah. 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 It's right. Molly. Is it actually pronounced? Mo oh, yeah. No, it's I Molly. fucked up. I butchered the hell out of that. No, I think but, uh, it's M O L L. Oh, no, no, it's Mole. It's Mole Francis or whatever. So in my little head, the voice just gone Molly. Maybe her name is Molly. Molly Francis. And That's I just fucking butchered, butchered it because I said mole. <laughs> You've made it French. Molle Francis. This is a Molle Francis. And I was like, it's Molly. It's our, it's our mate Molly there. Yeah, she's good. Follow I her think, uh, folks on Instagram. I highly doubt. I mean, I, I think that it's not mole. So I'm completely wrong. I don't think she would name herself Mole Francis. You're backing <laughs> so. out with this. <laughs> I'm not a smart person, so I'm not creating content anymore. I quit. Anyways, so like this is a post like this, like public humiliation is cruel and ineffective unless the intent is to scare people into submission and compliance. And I posted a bunch of stuff like that has you know, similar topics. She, As, writes, she writes very, very clearly on this subject, and she's clearly writing from the left. Yeah. She's, she is of the left. She's just and she's and then we need a whole new group leftists to are anti-woke l-a-w yeah. the law so th this has a 376 comments and they're all supportive man right you know they a lot of actually reading the comment section gave me a lot of hope it's yes. just that no one says anything because of the crazy minority of twitter accounts are screaming so fucking loud to that it just makes everybody like quiet. And as I'm reading these comments, it's like actually a lot of people feel exactly what these posts this post was saying. Yes. It's just no one says anything because I yes. mean, you know why? I spoke to Rebel. Is it Rebel Wisdom, the YouTube channel? I think so. Rebel Wisdom. I spoke to spoke to him today, and um, possibly going to do an interview with him over the next couple of weeks, which will be good. And uh, we spoke at length about the woke thing actually being a manifestation of a kind of narcissism. It's a kind of fragile narcissism, and I won't spoil it because I'll, I'll cover it in the interview. But I can actually break down the coordinates that exactly match the behaviors of woke cancel culture and a type of. Um, a fragile narcissism that's that's it's like fragile narcissism with a very um big injection of needing to be looked at so a kind of histrionic mm -hmm. it would be like the psychiatric diagnosis would be the histrionic fragile narcissism i think we I'm all i'm talking a lot today i'm, I'm talking in no, no, really no, 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 no you're not you're not no 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 you're, you're doing fine man i feel um, like i'm on coke or something really <laughs> Wait, or maybe just one second you know what it is Time is slower. We're in your new new country. You're you're seeing the sun again, and you're taking it bit by bit. And I think it just feels like you're talking a lot, but actually, you're not talking that much at all. I'm loving it. Can I tell the people about my new video that I'm so pleased with? Yes, I I did a new video, folks. It's on my Richard Grant and Philosophy channel. It's about the Aeon of Horus, 
by Ale this is a concept from Alistair Crowley and how it ties in with Jung's concept of the Puer Eternus. And I just, I think they must have been reading each other's stuff. It's so, it's so close. And how that feeds into uh, the epidemic. You have the cancel at all or no? I, I'm oh. on my iPhone, so I can't, okay. I could only lift up my laptop and show it, which might be British. There were some really interesting quotes in your video that was as if these people looked into a fucking what do you call it, a fortune ball? What's yeah, a crystal, uh, um, a crystal ball. A crystal yeah. ball. So, um, I shall, I'll read out from 1904. Shall I give that quick quote from 1904? If if you, I mean, I could try. Um, I've got it. I've got okay. it. I've, I pulled it. It's on my laptop on my lap. Um, so how do I open it? Oh, there we go. Okay, Boomer. So this is this is Alistair Crowley uh, writing in 1904. He predicted that the, that we'd gone into an aeon of Horus. He channeled a spirit called Iowas in uh, Egypt, and he said that we'd been through the aeon of Isis, which is a matriarchal time, the aeon of Osiris, which was a patriarchal time of Yahweh, and now we're in the aeon of Horus, who's the son of both, but he's a child god, and um, if he's negatively aspected, it infantilizes all of us. He says, Alistair Crowley, 1904, Horus rules the present period of 2000 years beginning in 1904. Everywhere his government is taking root. Observe for yourselves the decay of the sense of sin, the growth of innocence and irresponsibility, the strange modifications of the re reproductive instinct with a tendency to become bisexual or epicene, the childlike confidence in progress combined with a nightmare fear of catastrophe against which we are yet half unwilling to take precautions. Consider the outcrop of dictatorships, only possible when moral growth is in its earliest stages and the prevalence of infantile cults like communism, fascism, pacifism and health crazes, occultism in nearly all its forms, religions sentimentalized to the point of practical extinction. Consider the popularity of the cinema, the football pools and guessing competitions, 1904. That was the equivalent of TikTok, guessing competitions. All devices for soothing fractious infants, no seed of purpose in them. Consider sport, the babyish enthusiasms and rages which it excites, whole nations disturbed by disputes between boys. Consider wow. war, the atrocities which occur daily and leave us unmoved and hardly worried. We are children. Alistair Crowley, The Book of the Law, 1904. That That is a crystal ball, man. It, 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 yeah, it's as if he actually looked at the gloss and saw TikTok and everything play out in the last fucking four years. It, it's it's eerie, man. So, so, like, Jung, just 10 years later in 1915, starts talking about the archetype of the Puer Eternus, um, which we're both archetypes for, by the way, which is the, the eternal child god. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, like, um, it's like militarized millennialism. You never want to be one thing. You kind of want to float over reality. Horus flies. He's the hawk-headed god. Peter Pan flies. The little prince on the planet flies on on his thing far away and you we become obsessed with ideas of individuality and and freedom and it's a kind of it breeds its own separate form of narcissism this right. social media style narcissism fits in exactly with the aeon of horus 
and the concept of the Puer Eternus. Yes. So the female before, version is a Puella Eternus. Go on, sorry. So, for, no, for before I forget, like how how it parallels is because social media, if you can solidify it, is floating above reality like Peter Pan. And it's a yes. very infantilized uh mode of humanity. It, I mean it's purposely like that. It's it's just YouTube is fucking pretentious know-it-all in science class now right that's it is. <laughs> right that's totally what it is and fucking there's the only people who can come onto youtube new and do anything folks if you want a youtube channel you've got to be pretentious know-it-all in science class or you're fucked <laughs> that and then you have facebook being the i mean what walmart karen like that's you know man or woman walmart karen right and then you have TikTok, which is the trendy middle schooler who's really good at Fortnite. Yeah. you know it's it's like each platform is an infantilized version of that generation yeah so this version of reality just floats over practical reality and somehow finds its way like jizzing all over it but never becoming fully integrated and integration is key so in the thoth tarot which is crowley's own tarot deck he put um the aeon uh, sorry horus was on card number 20 of the major arcana which is the world the wall uh, sorry it's not the world it's judgment sorry um it's it's judgment now judgment on the rider weight tarot is the archangel gabriel coming down blowing a trumpet and people rising from their graves on judgment day the idea here is that if you obey the call of finding your life's purpose is the optimism you will be saved but it takes tremendous courage but negatively aspected that same card horus in the crowley tarot judgment for the rest of us tarot is um is re uh, represented by the inner critic it's actually the inner critic it's the harsh inner voice that badges you because you're being a coward and you're not fulfilling your purpose so there is a way out of this and i think the way out of this is to say hey look we've got like the toys and the tech and the ideology and all of the new stuff well like kids on christmas morning we can do what we want with this we can be assholes if we want to be in which case we have this and we're fucked or we can grow up and say yes it's fun to play it's fun to torture people it's fun to do genocide it's fun to do all of the horrors that we do let's put a uniform on we'll have a catchy song and we'll go and murder some people great we did that let's stop if we grow up and we obey the call obey the call we find our purpose and we can choose rebirth we can choose redemption that's my optimism is that, and i actually think we can see signs that we're moving towards that i think we're sick of playing well that, that's the rise of jordan peterson i mean jordan right. peterson blew up because his main message was just find a purpose or something uh, find a responsibility which is your purpose or, or you can do the voice you, you somehow you figured out how to do the voice way better than me i can't I yeah, know over time yeah you you could do the voice um when i'm on my own mate i'm really weird and i talk to myself a lot and it's usually in weird voices and so I, I would hate to, you know, like the iPhone tells you how many hours you've got screen time. I would right. hate to know how many hours of my life I have spent doing silly voices on my own. You know what happens? Sometimes I think if MI5 ever wanted to blackmail me, they'd just be recording my iPhone of yes. me saying dumb shit over and over again, over and over. So after hours of going, well, it seems to me that the key is not exactly, you know, you got to pick up 
responsibility and make your damn bed. Eventually I got there, but God knows how long it took. Dude, <laughs> it's not it's natural. If, if, if I close my eyes, I, I at first here, I would definitely think I'm listening to Daddy Peterson for sure. Have, man. have you seen any of these memes where they dub the Red Skull? They have the Red yep. Skull. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. That's so good. Make your yeah. damn bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, he's a, he's a super villain enough for for that message. But I mean, an what do you actual Nazi? An actual super villain Nazi? Oh, how wonderful! How wonderful! <laughs> you know, like I'd hate to admit this, but that fucking villain character looks so awesome. Yeah. Like the fucking military outfit with the red skull. Like that's yeah. a badass villain, man. But I mean, well, you, well, you've got you've got to hand it to uh, to to that that group of people. I mean, I think it's all designed by Hugo Boss. They definitely had flair, and I think there's there's got to be a reason why so many sci-fi games, especially zombie games, use that look. Use Nats um, horror films. You know, it's just it, it, you know what it is because I mean. Speaking of the cult, that I mean, I don't think we can say the the party is named the Nationalists. Uh, they they dealt with a lot with the occult, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole insignia is actually an old Hindu thing, right? Yes. So yes. it's like they tapped into the deepest archetype, into and integrated it into their identity, which yeah. is becomes that. Uh, what do you say? timeless mythological f villain figure that anybody yes. can recognize yes universally yes. oh yeah no it was, done, it was done very very deliberately they had um it's weird to think about it like the the right way to think about them and there's no there's no equivalent now and it would be wrong to draw a comparison with somebody now anyway i suppose but that think of them as being very savvy very modern very um Careful. I mean, the old, older guys who really understood culture. What, what would you say? I was like, careful now. Don't make it yeah. sound like praise now. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't praise them. Absolutely. But um, what they did was 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 remarkable. They were also uh, thieves. They did um, in, in the conceptual sense. What do you call that? Plagiarists. They plagiarized massively. Like, there's very little that's original there. There was a movement in that direction in Germany that was, oh, God. I mean, you can trace it back. 60 years before before uh, this chap came along yeah yeah i mean it, it's just the, the imagery and the ideology behind it is just so mythologically villainous that mm. it's so universal without even having to explain the origins of the fucking thing you know here's what i should have said and it would have sounded much clearer they understood pr they understood pr before pr was pr they understood marketing they understood branding they understood the modern world and, and it's funny because yeah. China is trying it, but it's like <laughs> not all there, you know? Well, I think they've done it the right way. I think they've gone, we don't really get this. Let's pay Hollywood. Let's just pay people who do understand yeah. that. Because some of their efforts are a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Don't they I mean, just pay people on TikTok to sing? They pay white people to sing China's Great on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, there's these really, really spooky TikToks where they take an attractive uh, Chinese model and they put her in working class environments. Like she, she's, she's like hammering a sword together or like she's like fixing a car. Like, and uh, th there's this creepy robotic voice that is like, this is Chun, this is Chun Yi. And she works 20 hours 
each hour. <laughs> she works 20 hours a day to feed her family back into the village. And yeah. a strong Chinese woman who does that. And it's so fucking like, it, it looks straight out of a dystopian sci-fi. Yeah, it's like 1940s Stalinist style. Yes. Look at this strong Russian woman feeding yes. the, the, the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Look at Yon Yuri here. He works yeah. 15 hours a day. Why can't you, comrade? <laughs> yeah, their their PR approach is definitely, I think, a bit outdated. But you know, they, did, they did make TikTok though. So if you if you see anything like that, please send it to me. I'd, I'd love to. Uh, well, I'd love to watch it. I love I love propaganda. I love it. There's a whole uh, YouTube channel. I think his name is Lao Y 86, and he okay. he does these uh, Chinese TikTok deep dives. Right. Uh, he grew up in China. Oh, he didn't grow up. He traveled to China when it was still good, and then he moved out, and now he's furious about the new government, and that oh. he just make constantly makes videos about how shitty it is. He wants to be careful. He might find himself falling down the stairs. The balls on there's two dudes. It's a uh, Sir Serpentza, uh, Serpentza, and fucking Lao Wai, and they're they're just like. I'm, I'm like, dude. With the still... Chinese, there's not even a long lead time. It's not like, oh, somebody in America says something they shouldn't, and two years later they died in a helicopter crash. This is like two days later. They're just gone. It's like, where, yeah. where's they gone? They're gone. That's it. I don't. I mean, when they're a billionaire, yeah, it doesn't make any difference. They're gone. <laughs> I, I don't know how they've survived this long. They're still, they're still making videos. So I mean, I guess. Think about this: if we're all ever paranoid, Richard. Hmm. We're not making videos like that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We should we should grade our paranoia to where we're up to. But did you, uh, did... the only bad thing is is that you actually got your Instagram deleted, so it's a little closer than we expect. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I, I, I'm after after a while of thinking about it. I think like sharing <laughs> and liking memes about vaccines when you are. I mean, tactically, like if you have people's ear. Okay, it, maybe I'm reading too much into this. If it was me, I don't want a reasonable sounding person saying this is a bad idea, whatever it is. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's um, playing ping pong. And we really, as a government, we want everyone to play ping pong. And somebody who might actually not sound like one of those crazy anti-ping anti pong people yeah. who are like slathering and screaming, going, fuck ping pong. This person just going, yeah, maybe... Maybe ping pong silly. I don't know. That's the guy you got to, or that's the goal you got to stop because they. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Totally, totally. I mean, like you can let somebody like Jalex owns scream his way out, and you know he's still yeah. gonna be that crazy screaming frog dude. You know, right? But right. if there is somebody that just usually a bit more reasonable in their content, it's something that you you definitely have to wipe out before it's, it gets too too much. Yeah, and I. I just, I mean, in my little head, I was like, they're just memes. It's nothing too on the nose. I mean, I, I personally, I don't really have like a massively strong position on I that think, subject. I think I heard this. It was on, like, it was a podcast that Tim Dillon was on or something, you know, and apparently I think he brought up a theory or one of his guests or something that this just sounds like an old wives tale. If you crack your knuckles, your fingers will fall off. No, but like, Apparently, the algorithm on YouTube and most likely most other platforms, they keep an eye on what videos you watch. Mm -hmm. So if you make a somewhat problematic video or that's somewhat controversial, they'll also look at the content that you're liking and consuming to grade you 
in terms of where you are in controversy scale? Ideology at its purest. This is an algorithm that is checking your identity to see whether you have the right to say what you have to say before you say it. Yes. Yes. So fuck these guys, man. <laughs> yes. So if you are already on uh, in your private, quote unquote, private time consuming anti VAX content, right. or you're watching Jalex owns and yeah. you know whoever the hell. The, and if you post a video that gets demonetized or something, yeah. you, you're most likely in a different scale on the demonetization field. That's that, that's so crazy. And when people, they say to me, even to this day, Pierre, politics has nothing to do with it. Stop talking about politics. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? How can you say that? How could, like, I'm being checked to see... I, I think that that is what's happening. In fact, I'm, I would say I'm 90% certain that, that that is what's happening. And what it means is that no statement is made naively. So if you want to say, um, you know, a, a sensible society should have the police and you just take that statement as a, as, as a piece of content, depending on who says it and where says it is whether you're going to be demonetized, defunded yeah. or deleted. Yeah. That is pure politics that is pure ideology that is not there's no there's no that's not there's no fairness to that there's no reason to that that's a completely irrational uh it, the, the thing that we're sinking into is a kind of a strange control freakery it's yeah. this weird sense of like the children are misbehaving yes. it's very smother mother danger daddy you know finger waggy stuff and it's like just let like, can't people just think? You don't trust people? Because if I'm an idiot and I'm just like, oh, there's a man on the moon and he's made of cheese, <laughs> just let me say it. If yeah. it's stupid and I'm wrong, why don't you let me say it? What's, what's wrong with me saying it then? Yeah, I mean, fucking let the flat earthers believe fucking flat earth. Right. They're going to they're gonna figure out some other fucking cuckoo <laughs> shit without the internet, you know? <laughs> let them go, baby. Let them say what they want. Unless they're saying something that, you know, we have laws for that yeah. kind of thing. But that, that's that's a separate issue. That's a completely separate issue. Yeah. Um, like, so, yeah, it's it's ideological. People who keep telling me it's not political, get the fuck out of here. It's so hard to live without conflict in your own head in these times. Because I can't just... It's so hard to hear and see just the most falsities surrounding every element of anything you see now they're so full of fucking shit and then you know i i it's hard for me to just i'm tr i'm actually trying really hard to just be like that's what they believe and that's just how it is and these things are just gonna go but th there's something that's just i'm walking around with a broken beer bottle stuck in my diaphragm man and i'm trying to be like is it appropriate for me to just let it go or do i keep fighting because it's like it's so crazy how big of a lie everything is currently and you know the, it drives me insane no i i think i think you can even from a zen perspective say there is a right time to fight and um if there is a right time to fight it is now for sure for sure i i, I have no doubt that now is now may be the only time to fight this may be the last time this may be the last chance we get and so no, I, I I I don't think it's time to sit back and just let this happen. I think it is actually time to just call out and say, look, if we keep 
the the problem one of the many problems the problem as if there's one jesus help me the, one of the many problems with this is you're talking to people who are doing it with good intentions they're doing yeah. it with the best of intentions but you they know, just can't they they can't break out of that ideological hallway that they're trapped in i i was talking to my friend about i was trying to explain my grief i really do feel like i'm grieving because you it, are you are grieving you're traumatized and you're grieving believe me yeah, it's it was like a heavy loss because like for the and I was like, how do I explain this without making it so abstract? And I'm like, okay, my audience being fairly like younger women, right? And I feel like I'm this at times, not all the time, maybe a bigger brother type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know, not all not all the time, but uh, and it feels like I'm watching my younger sister grow up through adolescence and she starts rebelling. And like just starts doing drugs and going out with random gang gang members and shit. And I just have to be like, this is just I can't do anything. You can't fight them. Just let it happen. Just let it. Just it's just they'll find their way. I, just, I, I can't tell them what to do. It's their own life. But I'm just watching. You yeah. know, she's coming home at four a.m. with fucking cocaine running out of her ears and shit. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> So, so far, I would say like the like the conversations, mm, the conversations I've had are long and hard, but they leave me very optimistic. You you only really have to sort of stick in it for like, okay, if it it's never it's never been one conversation for me. Let's say it was one conversation with one person, imaginary person. You got to stick in it for about an hour, and you have to the way that you frame the conversation has to be non-confrontational. Like if you're saying, look, you're wrong, that's gonna shut things down. It's always gotta be from, I want you to come to your own conclusions. I, I just, all I'm saying is I don't think you've thought this completely through, uh, but I'm open to being corrected. So can we talk? Yes, let's, let's talk, we love to talk, great, right? okay. Tell me what you think is, is happening and what we should do. And they, they'll give you like this and you go, you know, everything you just said is, is actually correct. I agree with you, but I don't think you're taking it past this bit. Can we go here? Can we just, and it become, I don't, it's like coaching. It really is. It's like therapy. You go, can we go? And she goes, point? fuck you. Stop being a racist. And then leaves. I haven't had that conversation. <laughs> Maybe you know, I've been lucky. Maybe I've been. Maybe people. Are, maybe the people I'm speaking to are already leaning open, have an openness to well, thinking about it in a different way. Clarify, because I'm seeing comments like, "We're not all young girls. Not all of us." So young girls don't follow PRXO. All right, okay. Let's just leave not, off. Not here. No, dude. Of course, not here or my second channel. My main yeah. channel. It's obviously usually. Do I gotta pull up my fucking analytics? Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um the confrontational nature playing into it as always can't help it but uh but yeah i don't know the, that, was, that was the closest painting that i can paint to compare the feeling you know and and you just and i'm trying to figure out like try, i'm trying to just chill okay so would it be would it give you like a different so if i said it like this if people would just they could think whatever they want to think, but they were trained to think, how hopeful would you be that things would change? Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's no ideological push either yeah. way. We're not pushing you right or left. We're just 
training you to think clearly and then you debate and if after the end of this course you still think exactly the same thing that's totally fine but at least you can now defend it with a clarity and a nuance that you couldn't before my my optimism would be that if people got that they would they would they wouldn't they wouldn't be thinking like this they wouldn't be thinking in these terms they would think in a in a different way yeah i i think it's it's not even like believe exactly what i'm telling you it's more of the 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 brick wall aspect now yeah i know i know what you're saying you're talking about the shutdown bit the, the shutdown bit and yeah. and uh just trying to go against my own nature of constantly trying to to poke a window through the, the through the wall you know i i can't yeah. i can't i don't think i can operate another any other way and i'm trying so hard to this is the reason why i'm keep thinking about the zen approach to things because i'm like right. is that possible <laughs> especially with my nature or just humanity in general i don't know here's a co here's a coaching question for you what would happen if you did what was what's the worst thing that would happen if you just let it ride? If you just were like, yeah, cool, just just do that. What's the worst outcome? Let it ride in terms of like take like, the Zen approach. Don't challenge anything. Just let them think what they want to think. Let them say what they want to say. What's so bad about that? I have to take some time to dig deep enough to figure out what that is, but it's quite. I don't know. It's a visceral need to i don't know to, do you do you do you think there's a broad scale disaster there do you think that actually for them and the people around them it could be really really disastrous yeah real world disaster yes okay that's the way the I, i'm asking you this in a very jordan peterson way because or Jungian way because you're acting that way that's why i'm asking you that you're acting like if you don't say something you are acting as though well what you've said is that you feel impotent to stop them from doing something that's really going to hurt them and the people around them yeah what does that disaster look like do you know do you know i mean i've i've said it that i think it leads to gulags and genocide well, we're in it this is already <laughs> here like it's 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 just here like you know it's not i mean this you mean you mean this is 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 directly has a direct causality to, to dude that fucking it I'm 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 an artist, creative, sensitive spirit. I don't care about gulags. I don't like it when friends aren't friends anymore. I don't like it when families aren't families, man. That just hurts my heart seeing that shit. Yeah, because families get gulagged and friends get gulagged. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's it becomes a mode of being in the world, right? That's what's worrying. It's voluntary. It's not red school red skull throwing you in a concentration camp. It's fuck you, mom, BLM, and then and then mom goes. Fuck you, Sally uh, Maga. You know, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It pisses me. I'm like, dude, I'm I'm such just like, geez. You know, and then and then like everything's just obliterating. People like can't even talk about like uh fucking video games without like fucking throwing Islam, you know, in the, the tenets in the and you know, there are times where it's appropriate, but right. like guys. So it's <laughs> The, when you said when you said with video games, you, you're saying that like other issues are being brought in that shouldn't be there in the video games. Yes, like like just just some fucking shooting the shit, like conversations. That I think that's another thing, Goodwill Hunting, that I appreciated too. You know, seeing these human conversations that, yeah. that are just human. You know, people cussing for no reason, talking about this and whatever this, yeah. and it just uh, I don't know, man. It's it's not a what kind of fucking pr mental prison. 
is the world going to if just this keeps colliding you know i don't know I, I would say that that sounds to me like you feel like you have a moral obligation to do something because it's ruining the world yeah but it's like i'm fuck <laughs> <You know? laughs> i didn't sign up for that <laughs> yeah i didn't fucking sign up for this shit and uh you know I, i'm trying so hard to just be like i'll just make silly tiktoks only and make it humorous and do this and do this and do this but i freeze i like i just I, I, why, what no it's i mean all joking aside it's a very very serious problem it's a it's a very very serious problem the the the, the thing is i mean these things are cyclical they're trends it, it won't be maintained this is not another thousand year reich that we're looking at it's a trend it's a trend and it's it's going speaking and, of trends yeah d'angelo wallace the leader of the Cancellation Army is now taking down his most viewed hit pieces, and he is no longer going to make any more. Well done, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> well, that proves that you can have an effect in the world. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I mean it's not proven, but I mean my morale kind of boosted up a little bit. It's like I just needed a sip of the Gatorade on the on the ropes, you know. <laughs> needed to put my mouth guard back in. <laughs> it's it's already shifting. It's already shifting, and I think like you got old heads like me who would just be like, "Oh, just do whatever you want." Like, what a bunch of university radicals are going to radical? I dyed my hair purple. I was on that train. I was, I was, you know, studying feminism and I was a radical leftist. It's fine, you know, whatever. And old heads now are going, what, my bank is telling me I have to do this. Like Douglas Murray says, like he doesn't want his bank. He's a gay, he's a gay man. He doesn't want his bank to hold a gay pride month because that's his bank. He wants his bank to charge him less fucking interest and to do the job of banking for fuck's sake. Reasonable <laughs> request. And old heads now are going... <laughs> You know what? No, stop. Just, just stop. And I, I, I'm, I'm very, very optimistic with that. That it's, it's, it's going to change because, because if, if, if a guy like me, it can be asked to burn calories, making sure, calling out and, and changing it, then a ton of people can as well. A ton of people can as well. Dude, Douglas Murray. The reason why I laughed because he has a way of delivering these really dry one-liners. He's great. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's like peak, peak, peak private school boy. Yeah, like, I'm gay, but I don't want my banking system to applaud me. He said something like, I want short accused at the cash register or some, something like that. He's like, fucking hilarious the way he lays shit out, man. Um, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, uh, I, I don't think I've felt, I, what I'm trying to measure out here is that, is it truly, is it truly a problem that I feel at an instinctual, visceral, moral level, mm. or is this just some fucking inner, inner issue with myself no, no it's a it's a real world problem it's a real world problem and it is damaging reality it's it's been doing it for years like 
it's causing real it's causing violence death it's it's really really affecting reality it's not it's yeah. not some uh niche university academic spat it's it's in the world and and look i don't this is about this is supposed to be about optimism but let's be realistic the world powers at the moment are flexing because we have somebody who's in charge of the world superpower who's up for this woke nonsense who's not looking very strong who's trying it on right now every fucker russia china even iran oh okay iran was was attacked first but you know at the major our major enemies of the west are flexing right now they're pushing the boundaries it's not good it's really not good it's like what's been going on in the last two weeks diplomatically ladies and gentlemen is not good these are yes it could be saber rattling it could all die off in two weeks we could have another subject or not or not i mean so no it has a real world effect because it it used to always trickle down from the top but now with this kind of populism it's trickling up from the bottom oh that's a disgusting image <laughs> It trickled up from my bottom. <laughs> you got your ankles tied up to the ceiling, or what? yeah. <laughs> Satan's jizz trickled up from my bottom. What's the name of that young rapper who likes Satan's jizz? Oh, little Nas. Little Nas. I'm Little Nas in this in this scenario. It trickled up from my bottom. You know what's funny about that? If you if you call Lil Nas X Lil Satan, some people get offended, even though he purposely like was Satan in that video. Oh really? They got offended. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm trying to balance like this. And you know, Yuri Brezhnev said this. Like, yeah, he actually tried to infiltrate Eastern yogi teaching and like the the, the little visitations that westerners would go to because mm. his head at, at the time with the communist kgb he would they were interested in this ideology because it makes everybody blame themselves and do nothing about yeah. political shifts or that, that's that's why i said that's why i said it's a psyop the the whole new age movement is a psyop 100 yeah and and as i'm looking at these things about just things externally are outside of their own control and just enter yourself and the change comes within which is like true to a certain degree here but goddamn it just really even if i don't have social media on, i'm trying my best to take a break but it just really does feel like i'm letting the fucking place burn down even though i might have a hose i got one kind of hose, you know. <laughs> that's a you have you have a much stronger social conscience than i do um the, the sense that you're a member of a community that's hurting itself and you feel you feel responsible for that. Um, I think that that indicates you're a far more moral human being than I am. Well, I, I sleep like a fucking baby. I sleep like a baby. Yeah, I, I kind of want people to hurt themselves because I don't really like humans. Because it's my fucking generation, man. You right. know, like right. the, it's us that are the ones that are pushing this fucking craziness right now. Yeah. Yeah, as you know? I said before, the acid burned out my circuitry, and I'm like, we're all worms, we're just maggots. It's yeah. Well, <laughs> so was, I'm joking, ladies and gents, it's a joke. That, that was my secondary route to Zen, which is like, right. let them fuck themselves up, you know? <laughs> like, and that's what I'm trying to, like, at least accept that aspect. Well, they're fucking themselves up, just let them fuck, them, just fuck themselves up. But here I am, <laughs> watching, like, actual MMA videos and boxing videos instead. Yeah. Like it's good, it just transfers to another route. 
I think that that then probably the the answer would be something along the lines of balance and integration, where you say you do need individualism, you do need a sense of. I mean, part of the psychosis, part of the mass psychosis, which is a sort of a possession of the collective shadow that we're going through right now, is the obsession with global issues. Yeah, so yeah. we're thinking globally, like I must do this for this group, and it's my fucking job because I am. Da, da, da. And it's like, why just? clean up your damn room or do something you know for the, the, home, the homeless person you can see down the road. I remember you said that, this is true, by the way, when you said, my problem is, is, is that I like the internet and I like mm. technology. That's true, yeah. And I yeah. feel like the sewage system combusted and the shite is seeping out my front porch, you know? And it's like, get off my fucking porch, kids. You know, <laughs> move your feces out of here. It's like going online now, which was my fucking safety haven and my third parent growing up, my fucking, you know, where I found novelty, how I learned how to dance, how I learned to communicate with everything and how I learned how to be a fucking human is yeah. just covered in shite, you know? And it's like, get off my fucking porch, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when you're on your own smaller channels, like um, Pierre Extra and that, do you still get... No, no, that that's no. like a, a room that's on the third floor. You know okay. what I mean? Okay, that's safe. That's 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 safe from there. Uh, it's a safe space from the safe spaces. Yeah. No, it, it's it's. I would I would say the proper frame for this is it's a real problem, um, but it's not obvious to me what should be done about it. Um, for me, I've started as you've seen, just slowly, calmly starting to call it out and just say, okay what what are we doing here? is this the world we really want to live in and very much inspired like when i when i was recovering from my knee surgery the two books that i read first were the dave goggins book where you have a navy seal opening up about his childhood trauma and the other one was douglas murray's book and they were both very courageous uh courageously written books so i'm slowly in my own way i'm doing that kind of thing and to be honest with you a, a, a large number of people are for it there are some people who get very very I can sense their emotionality when I attack socialism and communism because they're very attached to that in, in 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 an ideological sense. But that makes sense to me. I don't. It doesn't depress me. I'm just like, well, you know, you probably just haven't had that much experience in socialist and communist countries. You should try living in some. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, there there is a bit of hope though. It's just that the majority are really quiet, you know, and seeing this making my Instagram private and I like privated like 80% of my photos. It's not, there's nothing problematic there necessarily. I just, why would I give that side of me to the public who I despise currently, you know, sort of a thing. No, I but, understand. I, 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 that is a, is a sentiment very, very near to my and dear to my heart. Um, yeah. But that's, that's kind of an effect of, of being bitten by wasps, you know, when you swell up and you have a reaction, they're a minority they're not and they're not real people that's not that's not a person that's somebody who's really really disturbed in my case they would be typically the problem for me would be actually somebody who's very disturbed who's acting in a certain way because they've created an avatar of me in which i'm their dad and they're angry with the dad or whatever in your case you're talking to young people who more often than not are ideologically infected and as i said to you before you're not talking to a person you're kind of talking to the hive mind the artificial intelligence Sure. But, you know, seeing all these comments that are good, 
like mm-hmm. saying, like, you're not alone, Pierre. I feel this too. And it's like, I'm glad you're saying something about it. And, mm-hmm. and it, and it, it is, I think a good amount of people within my generation that is really burnt out with all this nonsense. And it's just the quiet ones, you know? Okay. If a uh, slightly coaching question, sorry. Um, if you released a video that actually honestly told the truth about how you feel and put it out there, would you feel better for just putting it out there and saying how you truly feel about this? Wait till D'Angelo does it first. <laughs> you go first. Your move, bitch. <laughs> Dude, like, and, and that's just another one of those things is like, it won't work if I do it. And some person like D'Angelo does it, everyone loves it. And then it's okay from there, you know? Why, why don't you do it? Or is it is it too are you are you chipping are you shooting holes in the boat that you're stood in if you do that? That's yeah, for sure that. And then, but also it's it's like I'm I'm really trying to get rid of the stressors in my life. Mm. You know, and and I'm trying to reevaluate my confrontational nature. Do I just keep making videos that I know will kind of seep under people's skin because I like making people question themselves and mm. Like, do I do binaural beats videos or like ASMR videos? But man, it, it feels like I'm going against my combative ways. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wonder if there's a if there's a place uh, or a space where you can um, actually say what you think and test the waters. Maybe there will be. just just wait till like the top three influencers say it first. You know. If you ever wanted to do it on my uh, on the philosophy channel, I could interview about it on the philosophy channel. A good number of your subscribers would see it, and then you could test the water and see how see what the response is yeah. like. You know, but I, I've had this experience multiple times on the internet. I'll say a certain thing mm-hmm. months before people hate it, and then months after it, the tide shifts. Yeah. You know, and I'm like that whole Jubilee video. Everyone hated me when that first came out, and then two years later, everyone's like, "I see, you know, you were right, Pierre." But right, um, right, right. So, so, so sometimes, sometimes it's better to just wait a little bit and let, and let the tide fuck, fuck being the pioneer. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like the the damn Steve Jobs, Bill Gates syndrome. You know, you let right. the one dude start it and then steal it and ha- take all the credit afterwards. You know, that's. That's how these things usually go. And the other guy dies broke and forgotten. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, you do, you do have to have a, a sense of, like, like I was saying before, you, everybody watching this as well, like you've got to have a sense of your individual <clears throat> responsibility. It's really sick to constantly think in global terms. Yeah. You should think in global terms sometimes, but at what point does it become totally virtual and totally masturbatory? I, personally can do nothing about most of the, the problems nothing yeah. like well you could send money you could make a youtube video yeah what the fuck does that do? right. it does right. nothing except yeah. waste my time <laughs> yes and you know the least that i can do because it's like all right what's the most immediate actions i can do in my own immediate life right so mm-hmm. stop looking at fucking infuriating shit all the time okay Maybe find a therapist, which I did. He's an awesome guy. Reminds me of Robin Williams within Goodwill Hunting. And uh, put a cardigan and, on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the other option is, uh, you know, find ways to use the internet or whatever without those things. Mm. 
But when you try to leave, you realize how much it's infested everything. Yes. It, it's it's really everywhere, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And it's strong. And um, it is bad. But, I mean, maybe, maybe this is a kind of uh, malignant optimism on my part. I just... It's that tidal thing. It goes in, it comes out, it goes up, it goes down. Everything is in flux. And I, even if it gets worse this year, I believe the end is in sight. I believe, I just think, I know I've watched people at close range change before my eyes. I've had the conversations with people. That's, where we, where, what, right? hmm. That's the problem. Hmm. It's that. It's, hmm. it's uh, watching everyone turn to zombies, man. Yeah. 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 Watching people turn into zombies is, is, is depressing and it probably is worse for the the, the the age group that you're talking to but then again i mean you look at you look at the age group that follows me and consider the power that they have really yeah. i mean uh, yeah. and the, the the particular demographic that follows me the majority of the demographic that follows me and the power that they have i mean it's that's that's a that's where a lot of cancellations come from you know it's it's funny because uh i was speaking with my friend and i'm like because i'm just trying to elaborate what's what is actually bothering me and i'm like well let's just say teenagers back then what they did was they had giant side bangs and hair like me they wore makeup and listened to my chemical romance and wore vans and skinny jeans mm. the rebellion of today's generation is to make political upheaval and societal obliteration <laughs> that's the trend it's no longer just like i listen to uh, fucking green day yeah, that's not that edgy that's not that edgy yes yeah. <laughs> you've got you got to do a little you got to do a little more now yeah let's dismantle everything which which i you know again stupid optimism i cannot help it part of my optimism is that i don't feel like they're not my people I don't feel like the people who are saying, I don't feel like the people who are screaming, everything is racist, let's kill it, are not my people. I feel like they are my people. They're just in the grip of something. They're just in the grip. And I'm just like, I, I, I'm still of that ideology. The presentation of the problems, I agree with like 90% of radical leftists who say, here are the problems. I'll be like, yes. It's when they come with the solutions, I'm like, no, 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 not, not that. That's not, that's yeah. never worked. It's against human nature. It's not going to be the, it's not going to be. So my optimism is to sort of like go, okay, you're not my enemy. I refuse to let you treat me as the, I'm not your enemy. Come, come here, be with me. Let talk to me. If we talk and you can look at me and you can see I'm not evil. You look at my eyes, you say I'm not evil. I'm even open to being corrected. I'm open to, to meeting you where you are. I don't know, maybe it was stupid optimism, but I just I just believe in that. I think that there's 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 something to that. Well scare ourselves into optimism, right? I mean right. <laughs> I mean what else are we gonna do in the meantime? Yeah. I mean I can I can only hope that this is a trend, which most things are now anyways, and seeing, you know, lead figures in the situation change their sale mm. and uh you know, seeing more people change their direction in terms of things. I mean, again, uh, you and I have both talked about this. Let's hope it doesn't 
bounce too far on the other end. Yeah. But uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It yeah, which out. is which which is a real which is a real possibility. I mean, when you say the other end, uh, we're only actually talking between totalitarianism left or totalitarianism right. Mm. It's not even really the other. It's just a different uniform, it's just a slightly different college uniform when they and a different. The prison's called something slightly different when they throw you in for your thought crimes, but they're still thought crimes, and you're still a dissident. You're still, uh, a, a, you know, a deplorable. Um, the question is: Are we going to move towards back towards a kind of liberal individualism, or are we going to keep marching towards collect collectivist authoritarianism? And uh, um, I, I don't know why I'm so fucking optimistic. You know what? because it's against human nature all of this is fake all of this is not natural and we're animals and we'll do what's natural in the end people are going to shake this off like a bad dream and just be like oh no that's i don't really believe that i can't do that anymore it's because it doesn't feel good it feels like shit if you hold shitty ideological beliefs and you're full of hate and full of contempt and you just glom people together in a group and go Fuck all of them, those red t-shirt, blue t-shirt wearing motherfuckers. You feel bad. It feels shitty. Yeah. And the number one thing that wakes people up is if it's directed towards them. And I think it's come to that point now where it's not just because I can you can see the evolution if you zoom out a little bit. You find a celebrity that's heavily unreachable. Like Michael Jackson was like the first person that was canceled, canceled, right? Like massively. Right. And then, you know, it it trickles down to other celebrities that are unreachable. Eventually, it's YouTubers. And then now, it's just people, like regular fucking people. The, the shite is at the point is when the average person starts to really see, oh, shit, I might be next. Self-preservation kicks in. And then the shift changes. Right, which is, I think we saw, and I think Douglas Murray pointed this out last year in 2020. Um, let me be careful. So when when J.K. Rowling was attacked and the way she was attacked, and I won't use the words, yeah. but feminists were saying, hang on a second, we fought for women's rights. What is this? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. I'm just not going to use the words. And at that point, you start going, I mean, when we say people who are radical leftists, and then you start saying, but but not the radical leftists, but not the feminists, I'm going, okay, it's like the prophet Muhammad said it, Jesus said it, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. You cannot stand against enemies, a house divided cannot stand. So that is now a house divided, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I think even maybe maybe unconsciously I've picked up the strategically it has to fall because of moments like that, because you start, isn't this the nature of communism everywhere? Eventually you start going for your comrades. Oh, we got all the dissidents, didn't we brother? Yes, we did. Uh, did you call me brother? Yes. Did you just assume my gender? Good luck for you. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, more and more people are losing close friends, more, more people losing close family, more and more people can't even, feel like they can have a DM conversation without being shamed by the unspoken judgmental third party. And this is when the shite is at the front porch. And I think this is the moment where the tide does shift 
is yes. because now we got to bring out the fucking brooms like yeah the brooms and the mops and the and and the and the everything's oh well, i think that like the sanest here's another reason for optimism the sanest most grounded most worldly people i know are all dead against this only people the only i never fucking thought about it this way damn tentacle quest on just taught me something the only people i know who are for this have no worldly knowledge whatsoever they're yes. super ungrounded privileged lives they don't have they don't know anything i'm sorry to like people be furious with me for saying that but i it's my my truth counts and in my lived experience i know nobody who's for this shit who who knows the world and who i whose opinion i respect and this is the loop back to our very first topic boxing versus tai chi right it's technique theory it's all based on fucking theory in your classroom where your favorite youtube influencer idiot like pierre xl or whatever the hell you know but there is no actual sparring experience yeah learn a takedown through just learning the theory of where judo came from in the year of hudaha and this person founded it and then it's another person where your takedown isn't going to work in real life because it's real life and the person might have fucking wolverine claws you know mm -hmm. well which is that that's why mma changed the world of martial arts forever it really did just by saying uh so you have theoretician one theoretician two and the ufc just said okay do it then okay do it then okay do it then over and over and over again until a new style emerged that's called mm -hmm. mma when this started in the 90s you couldn't train uh, in the early 90s late 80s you couldn't train mma you were doing kung fu or you were a boxer now you just go to an mma gym and there's a whole syllabus it didn't exist when i first started training it didn't exist the only people who did it were some niche japanese schools and they called it shoot fighting which was a very goofy um theatrical version of what we see now of, of mma fighting so yeah you're right there is going to be this issue where the, when the rubber meets the road and theory is tested a lot of theories just fall by the wayside and it's shameful it's humiliating you go oh i really thought i remember i used to think that when somebody was doing a double leg takedown on you you could punch them in the head because i was a boxer and it took me just over and over and over again the experience being put on my ass to realize action beats reaction i am not fast enough i no human is fast enough to do that yes. that's why it's not a common defense in ufc <laughs> and maybe this is a bit of where my sadism is is like Sometimes I feel like that anime anti-hero villain. Mm. And I'm just like, you must learn from the universe itself. And like almost want certain people to just get head on with reality, yeah. the dismantling their theory. Because it's like theories are great sometimes for certain things and they do have value on their own. But it takes very little for that thing to collapse in actual practice. That's where I think like good parenting steps in and you say, okay, you do actually have to let, I don't know exactly where the line is. Every parent has to choose it for themselves, but you can keep telling the child, don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Or maybe yeah. the child can do it, get hurt and learn that way. Right. And I guess the, the answer will be a balance of both, but there's nothing, there's nothing intrinsically wrong in saying, okay, go do that. See how it feels, see how it works out. You know, in a sense, um, 
again back to my my optimism is like the more we encourage people to say yeah fine go do that go in the world live that way try and get a job on those principles try and go to go travel go to asia and travel asia and tell me tell me how all this fantasy of how the world is how it stacks up when you when you've actually spent months over there or a couple of years living there go do it is probably the is is again it's optimistic because they will inevitably life occurs and you get these weird edges bumped off the only thing that that needs to happen is when the is with the trend element of it corporations and banks are doing it because it's trendy when it stops being trendy then these corporations will stop doing mm -hmm. it as well and that's that's a day that, that you know we should be praying to accelerate towards for sure yes should we take questions do you have time we should take a couple of questions and then all right does anybody have a question here we covered a lot of ground today richard we did we did uh... So if you have a question, if you could make it one sentence long and end it in a squiggly thing called a question mark, that'd be lovely. Yuji <sighs> Rose says, stop teaching children to be scary and ignorant so they don't crash and burn, so they survive their mistakes. Mm, there you go. There you go. Did quitting six make you cry too? No, it's fine. Dolomite, Dolomite made me cry. Uh, could we have a tentacle request on music playlist in Spotify? I don't know how to do that, young people. Shit, anyway, me. What yeah, is we, this Spotify? We just make a public playlist and put good songs on it. I mean, we could, but can we, could, is that a thing? Is that easy to do? Yeah, I'm just too lazy to do anything nowadays. And the only <laughs> stuff, the only stuff that me and Pierre share is like really ratchet trap music. <laughs> That's it. It's or not like a varied. It's just, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, have you finished reading the answer? What did you think? What's the, what's the answer? Pierre, do you know that? What's the, what the answer is? I only have questions. Yeah, me too. So it's like a book. It's called The Answer. I don't, yeah. I'm not familiar with that book. Or maybe I am and I've forgotten. That happens sometimes. Uh, question, Pierre. Have you watched Dr. Money and the Boy with No Penis and the Disappearing Male documentaries yet. Is that an insult? <laughs> <laughs> I'm offended. Hey, uh, Richard, have you heard of the uh, idiot? <laughs> it, would fit way, it would fit you really well. So have you read the middle-aged white guy with the tiny penis? The tiny floppy penis. Yeah, it's just called tiny floppy penis. Why are you asking me that? It feels, I don't know. It feels personal. Um, I, I, have not I haven't watched either these. of these documentaries. I will look up. I'll remember the disappearing male. <laughs> I've certainly been the disappearing. <laughs> it sounds like it's a documentary about my dad. <laughs> my God. <laughs> it's just him leaving <laughs> in slow motion for my life. <laughs> and then me crying slowly. <laughs> Why don't you love me, Daddy? Um, okay, Toddy. Uh, oh, God. I saw a bunch of questions, man. Where are they? Uh, how long do you think, Pierre, how long do you think COVID world will last? It's forever COVID world, whether you like it or not. 
nunca podemos escapar de este mundo de tortura. <laughs> I'm going to hit this to you first, Pierre. What do you think the end that is in sight going to look like? The end? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, I, I'm not sure either. I'm not sure what, the, what this question means. I, I use the phrase end in sight to the, um, the woke melodrama specifically that's what I was, that's what i was speaking to this trend for woke melodrama and, and cancellation everything works in trends and being a, a connoisseur of youth culture for as long as i can remember it the, all it all it'll take um uh social media fortune teller d'angelo's gonna make a video uh kind of denouncing some shit. some other youtubers are gonna be like yeah and then it's gonna be the new mo movement of woke which is like anti-woke which is like to resist a bit more and then that becomes a trend to be less fucking uh, pronoun racism thing, you know? Have you seen any of that on TikTok where there are a bunch of kids who are anti what Yeah. Yeah. So that, that you could say that's actually, that's a trend that's kind of already, already started. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And it's just uh YouTube is uh, going to catch up pretty soon. I think. Um, Alan says, isn't the woke thing dying or did I just train my algorithm? I've definitely trained my algorithm on TikTok, which has made me way, way too optimistic. And then every but, once in a while, Pierre will send me through a link and I'll be like, fuck, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we, we are, we, we have all, we have all retrained most of our algorithms, but I will check certain channels and look at view count. And it's not as big as it nearly was last year, for sure. Like, a, is, that, like is that right? View counts collectively from my own research have dropped quite a bit on that end of the spectrum. Trigonometry is blowing up. Podcast of the Lotus Eaters is blowing up. Jordan Peterson is back. He releases a video. He did a video interview with Chris Williamson the other day on the Red Skull thing. And in six days, it got a million views. Yeah, I mean, there you go. And Chris Chris Williamson, I think, probably is a couple of years younger younger than you. So, yeah, I think eh, there's, there's, there's movement there. Um Last question. Uh, okay. Uh, this is from Chandler Bing. If you could pl plaster one message on a blank sheet of paper all over the city, what would you write on it? Did you imagine a uh, poorly drawn peepee? Did I? Yes. Straight away, but with a little bit of jizz, like dots of jizz. I figured that's probably what I would do too. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know why? Because that's all you fucking deserve. Powerly Drowned PP is the name of our new album. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well, a country, it's a country trap crackhead vibe that we've gone for. Yeah, I mean, I get the sentiment, but like, what the fuck am I gonna say on a eight by eleven sheet of paper on a wall? You know, after this nonsense, <laughs> there is. I'm, I'm not gonna say what they wrote, but there was like some some very clever zen koan style anti-woke baiting that people put on pieces of paper around um, a city that kind of pushed wokeism against itself uh, but i wouldn't do that because it creates agitation and, and there's no need for it badly yeah. drawn pp yeah I, i'm trying to not be in the agitation so badly drawn pp indeed i like it well sir it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you Indeed, Mr. R. Should I uh, close this out in the traditional format? Uh, and no, um... Ladies and gentlemen, 
thank you so very much for your time and for your attention. Um, and we both look forward to speaking to you again very, very soon indeed.